we're starting a, a series looking in the Psalms, the Psalms of Ascent. Now, uh, the Psalms is a book which is a, a treasured possession of many. Uh, it's a collection of, uh, of different songs that cover a whole wide ranging uh, emotions. Uh, indeed, John Calvin uh, said, it's an anatomy of all parts of the soul. Uh, and over the course uh, of these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at one particular part of this book. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Psalms known as the Psalms of Ascent, uh, which are Psalms 120 to 134. We're not looking at all of them, we're just looking at a, a select few. Um, but, but these are, are songs that were sung by God's people as they went on pilgrimage uh, up to the temple. Uh, they're songs that people would have sung as they were walking up the hill, because it, it was up a hill, uh, up the hill looking uh, to where they would meet with God. Uh, and over these next few weeks, I said we're going to sort of dip our toe uh, into just a, a select few. I'm sure, uh, so for example, next week um, Dan Henderson is preaching on Psalm 121. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, many favoured psalms uh, for many of us. Uh, but, but of course, what, what we're hoping is that as we uh, hear them and look into them, we're, we're not going to be uh, looking up to a building uh, to where we meet the Lord, but we're looking into his words to where we meet the Lord. And so this evening, as we look at this psalm, Psalm 127, let's pray that as we journey through it, we may meet the Lord as well. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these psalms. Uh, and we pray uh, tonight, but indeed all over these coming weeks, uh, that as we look at uh, these songs, uh, that you may help us to understand what it, it meant for the people to sing them, what it means for Jesus to sing them, but also what it might mean for us to sing them as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I, a lot of the psalms, they have that little title, don't they, underneath the psalms. It says here, Psalm 127, a song of ascent of Solomon. And unlike all of the other headings you get in the Bible, where it says, you know, Paul goes to whatever, um, these are part of the scriptures. Uh, those aren't. They're added in later uh, by the, the people doing the, the translations. These are part of the original scriptures. Indeed, actually, if you go to a Hebrew Bible, that would be labelled verse 1. Um, but it's not in our Bible, which is fine. Um, but a psalm of ascent of Solomon. And so what does that mean? Well, well, it could mean three things. It could mean that Solomon wrote it. Uh, it, it could mean uh, that it was to Solomon. Or, or it could mean it's about Solomon. Now, which one is it? We, we don't really know. But it also doesn't really matter. Uh, King Solomon, of course, was, uh, was known for his uh, wisdom. Uh, he's the one who, who was the, the wise king, the, the one uh, who imparted, asked for wisdom. Uh, and so when it says of Solomon, uh, what it means is that it's a, a wisdom psalm. It's a wisdom psalm. And actually, this is also a, a helpful point just to, to, as a very quick aside, uh, about the Psalms. Uh, because sometimes you see, if you look at the page 
uh, there, you, you can see Psalm 131. It says, the Psalm of Ascent of David. Uh, and that's kind of saying David wrote it. And when you see that, sometimes uh, people want to say, well, when did David write it? And trying to look at the specific situation as to when David wrote to Psalm 131. Now, sometimes we're told and sometimes we're not. So Psalm 51, uh, we're told very specifically that David wrote that psalm uh, after Nathan came to him. It's in light of this specific situation. But if we're not told that, if when you read the Psalms, you don't see that little, this happened when, don't bother trying to find out. Because it's a guess. That's all it will ever be. It will only ever be a guess. And the chances are you'll be interpreting the Psalm through that lens of a guess. Whereas if the Lord wanted us to know when David wrote particular Psalms, he would tell us. Uh, but he hasn't, actually. It just means they have a much more universal application to them. So if we're told, go wild, look at the context, look uh, what David did and how it applies into it. If we're not told, don't worry. Because actually the Lord didn't mean us to have that. But anyway, uh, that's a, that is an aside, but a helpful one to remember when we come uh, to Psalms. But uh, Psalm 127, a, a wisdom psalm. So what's it all about? Well, verse 1 is a pretty helpful uh, summary. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Uh, Unless the Lord is behind your work, it will be useless. Uh, in fact, that the point is, is rammed home again with that second part uh, of verse 1. Often you see that in the Psalms, the, the same thing, just made, in the, the same point made, but in a slightly sort of reinforced way. Uh, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guard stands, watch, in vain. Now, unless the Lord is with you, your labor uh, is in vain. As it says, you can get up as early as you like. You can go to bed as late as you like. You can put in as many hours as you like. But unless the Lord is at work, it's in vain. And then he goes on to say, again, verse 2, if the Lord then is with you, then you can sleep and not worry. So as God's people, remember, are, are walking up this pilgrimage, they're walking up to the temple, they're, they're singing these words, they're reminding themselves that all, in all their haste and all their hurry, in all their activity, it's the Lord who's the one who's working. As they're singing and going up uh, to the temple, the Lord is the one who's working, the Lord is the one who's working. It's not us, it's the Lord, uh, as we're walking up to see uh, and meet with the Lord. But then verse 3 comes, and it, it seems to jolt a little bit. I mean, what's the connection between uh, building and guarding and children? My clicker stopped working, I'm afraid. Um, so there we go. Well, what's the connection between that and children? Well, I wasn't um, an expert uh, in Hebrew. I didn't do that at college. 
but what I'm led to believe is that actually uh, it's a wordplay. Uh, the word for building and the word for children are, are the same. But more than that, actually, it's not just a clever wordplay in Hebrew. Uh, it's actually the context is really the same, that the theme is really the same. Remember, in the context of the day, when we're looking about how the Israelites sung this song, um, children were a gift from the Lord. Uh, They were a provision uh, for them. Uh, They were the ones who would look after the parents, who would uh, stand up for court in them. Uh, Which is why, when you look at the Bible, there's always such a concern for the widows, for the childless. uh, Because they're the ones who were, there was no social services no one to have their back. That's why uh, Christians are the ones to look out for them in particular. And so we might say that actually here, unless the Lord provides the family, that the people toil in vain. Uh, But we get the point, don't we? That unless the Lord works, uh, unless the Lord is working, then it's all in vain. So how... Do we apply this psalm to ourselves? How how does it work itself out? Because, I mean, we're not walking up a hill to a temple, are we? That's not, we we don't do that today. That's not who we are. Uh, We don't stand and guard a city. Uh, We would also say that actually having children is not a, a provision for our future in that respect. So so how do we uh, read these psalms? Well, at this point we need to remember that actually there's another question we need to ask ourselves. And it's a question that's in between these two. uh, The first question is how do God's people understand the psalm? The second question isn't how do we understand this psalm? The second question is this. uh, How does Jesus sing this psalm. How how would Jesus, God's son, take these words upon his lips and sing them? What would it mean for him to say these words? How can Jesus say, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain? Because I think when you, you think of Jesus' life, actually, He's somebody who embodied this, didn't he? Uh, he was somebody who was a pretty sort of a fella, fellow. People wanted to go to him to see him. He had lots he could do. But yet, time and time again, he went away on his own to pray. Mark 1.35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, Mark 6, 12, uh, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Matthew 14, 23, uh, after he dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. Uh, Luke 9, 18, once when Jesus was praying in private, dot, 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 dot. Uh, Luke 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, dot, 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 dot. Luke 22, verse 39, this was Jesus' usual place to pray when he was in Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus, the one who is God incarnate, uh, the one whose words bring forth life, went to pray to his Father. Because unless the Lord builds the house, 
the builders labour in vain. Indeed, some say that actually when we look at verse 2, perhaps there's no better picture of Jesus than in that boat, toing and froing, waves above his head. And what's he doing? He's asleep. Jesus is a picture of trust. But what about, how would Jesus sing verses 3 to 5? Well, I don't think he sings them as a father. I think he sings them as a child. But but not just any child. The the child. The son of God. uh, The one who says, because of me, uh, there is no possibility of condemnation. Uh, There is no chance any opponent come up and say, you don't deserve that. Because of Jesus, no one can say, you're guilty because he guarantees it. So if the first question is, what does it mean for God's people to sing it? The second question is, uh, what does it mean for Jesus to sing it? Then, uh, then what does it mean for us here at Bishop Hallington to sing these words? But well, remember, this is a, a psalm of wisdom and one that wants to, to orientate our lives. To to help us to live God's way in God's world. And so what's the, the, the big way that we sing this? Well, well I think it's this. That there is not one part of your life which the Lord is not concerned with. That when we sing, unless the Lord builds the house, that the laborers build in vain, we're really saying, Lord, unless you are my foundation of life, then anything I do will have no deep worth or meaning. Or to put it another way, God cares about all parts of your life. God cares about your mortgage and the decisions that you make about that. God cares about the subjects you study at school. God cares about how you use your mobile phone or your car. God cares about the money you have in your bank account and how you use it. Now, now don't mishear me. I'm not saying this is how to behave. This is what to do. Although clearly you can have that discussion and there are some wise and right things to do. Uh, What I am saying is that God cares about how those decisions that you make. Uh, God cares about the decisions we make about our mortgages or our money or our time or our phone. Every part of our life, God cares about. When we pretend that there are, there are some parts of our life that are kind of uh, God cares about, and there are a whole bunch of other stuff that he doesn't, well, we're just living in a way that we were never meant to live. We're living a, a, a world away from our maker. Every part of life, every part of life God cares about. And did you notice also in verse 1, it, it doesn't say, unless the Lord builds the house, it is in vain. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. In other words, there's a partnership happening between the Lord and the builders. That is to say that, that we have a part to play. Uh, Being a Christian is not just sitting on the sofa and just going, oh, the Lord will do it. 
No, the Lord in his wisdom chooses to use our, our world, our life. That yes, it's all down to him. But he still uses our day to day. He uses those moments when you're looking after kids at home. He uses those moments when you're in a meeting at work. He uses those moments when you're discussing what mortgage product you're going to have next. He uses those moments when you think how you're going to pay the gas bill. The Lord cares. Our Christian life is one that is fully dependent upon our Lord. And we pray and act because of that. And therefore, we need to hear verse 2. Now, I'm, I can be pretty task-driven. You know, I like the sense of a job done. You know, go through the tick list. It used to be sort of homework, do that very quickly. Um, then it was kind of essays or exams or, or tasks to do at home or, or jobs at work. But just that sense that, that, that productivity is based upon how many jobs I can tick off. And there's a danger that we... We bring that mindset into the church. The more that we do, the better we are. Or perhaps the more, the more subtle version of that, which says, if I'm not there, it won't be any good. The, the subtle version that says I'm indispensable to this ministry. But that's just not the case. I need to say to myself, that, that's, that's completely the wrong question to ask. Actually, you know, it, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Uh, again, don't mishear me that there are plenty the Bible says about uh, laziness and, uh, and working hard. But if we say we're indispensable, that we are, that, that this won't function without us, and we've not understood that the Lord is the one who builds. We rise up early and go to bed late. But if we think that will make the difference, then we're mistaken. Now, I know he then talks about sleep. And I know there are plenty of reasons why sleep can be hard. Uh, once I, I took paracetamol plus with a headache just before bedtime. And just in case you can't see, there it is there. A, a great big shot of caffeine. Um, I didn't sleep well that night. But uh, what this verse is saying, is not saying that you'll always sleep really well. There are plenty of reasons why you won't sleep. And that's okay. But what it is saying is that, that one of those reasons for not sleeping should not be that you're worried about doing the Lord's work. One reason for sleeping should not be because we're anxious to do the Lord's work for him. No, we can sleep because he will work. Now, Martin Luther famously said uh, that as I uh, sit back, uh, drink Wittenberg beer and chat with my friends uh, and go to sleep, God's word will do the work. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. But then what about verses three to five? How do we sing this? Now, I know that for some here, these verses are really hard to sing. 
for all sorts of reasons. It's hard because childlessness is a real issue, a deep, painful issue. Children who are far away or aren't what we hope for. We must recognize that these are deep and painful issues. And sometimes say that the church hasn't handled them very well. But then how can we sing these words? Well, I think this is where we must remember that we we sing them through the person of the Lord Jesus. That we sing them uh, as those who are adopted children of our Heavenly Father. Of those who are co-heirs of Christ. We sing these words because we have Our hope, shall I say, is not in children. Our hope is in the child, the Son of God. Our hope is not in children providing for us. Our hope is that God has provided his child for us. And he says, you're mine. You're mine. And there is not one person or power or authority that can take you out of my hand. No one is going to stand up in God's law court and say, guilty. Because God's child will speak up for us. So today we, we cling to that. Now, of course, there's more we could say. And if the Lord cares about every hour of life, of course he cares about how we relate to children and how children relate to parents. Of course he cares about that. But every gift from God is a blessing to us. And we must use it and perceive that in that right way. This psalm, in all its fullness, wants to say the Lord cares about every part of your life. The the, the foundation stones, the building of a house, the guarding of a city, the mortgages, the savings. He cares about every part of your life, what you're going to do in half an hour's time. And it says, unless the Lord builds the house, it will be in vain. There is no uh, self-made man or woman. So what will it mean for us? So as we finish, let me leave you with a question. Which part of your life are you living on your own?